0: Refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. It is my absolute pleasure to welcome back to The Juice, Gabrielle Laurie, who is our resident relationships and sex therapist. Now, today, everyone's heard about the three R's, so the reading, writing, arithmetic at school. But today we're going to be actually talking about the four R's that aren't as positive, shall we say.
1: Yes, I love that. I love that segue. (laughs) We should all talk this, like reading, writing, and arithmetic. Because it's really helpful. So they were coined by Dr. Barbara DeAngelis. And what they are is resistance, resentment, rejection, and repression. And if you notice the relationship, it's time to pick up or just a very kind of dull, sexless marriage.
0: Mm. Yeah, and we do see that, you know, um, you know, we see the honeymoon period and and that sort of thing, and then and then, yeah, you just get into as you like to say. I love the the saying that you have, which is um, flatmates running a childcare centre, and you know, it can get to that point um, if you don't if you don't invest in it. It's um, you know, it doesn't all stop at the wedding. Everyone doesn't put their feet up and go, well, that's done. Um,
1: (laughs) Yeah, it becomes a bit like everybody loves Raymond, unless you do something about it.
0: (laughs) Yes, 100%. All right. So um, I guess that in your practice you would come across this a fair bit and I would imagine that when it gets to the point where couples um, seek therapy, it's fairly bad and you need to untangle a lot. Um, so what are some of the things that, that we can look for as, as markers, I guess, um, that maybe we need to address before it gets to the point where everything's at crisis point and um, you're almost at the point of no return?
1: Yes. Please don't co-see a therapist when it's too little too late. So I have a lot of women telling their male partners oh, we need to see someone, we need to see a couples counsellor, we need to see a sex therapist, and they'll be telling them for a couple of years, and then they're finally done and ready to divorce, and the guys go, oh, yeah, no, I'm ready, I'll come in, and it's done, so don't wait.
0: (laughs) Mm. And, you Um, know, and I really feel that that's a thing with women as well. I mean, I might be generalising, but... Women tend to grieve in the relationship. So by the time they actually say, I'm done, they're yes. done. And they have worked through it in their heads uh, for six yes. months previous. So when yes. they actually say those words, it's very, very difficult to come back from. Men kind of throw it out and then go, oh, no, actually, that's not what I think. Um. <laughs> well, they
1: or they just don't take it seriously. If yeah. she keeps... Saying she really can't live without XYZ, take it seriously. And uh, I mean, sometimes the shoes on the other foot and the roles are reversed, but this is what primarily we see, yeah. Um, it's oh, I can let you know the little signs to look out for in each phase if you want,
0: yeah, that'd be great. So, yeah,
1: so resistance would look more like um. So if you're, the female partner's having inner resistance in her head, she might be thinking when she goes to bed with her partner and he starts to try and stimulate her to get in the mood for lovemaking, she might go, oh, I wish he wouldn't be so rushed. I wish he'd be more gentle. Um, so that's just a sign of resistance. But she might let it go and not say anything or she thinks she's let it go. And with the male partner, his inner resistance might Look like, you know, hearing his wife joke about how he doesn't help with the kids, he might start to feel like just a little bit annoyed. Okay, so that's just a tiny bit of resistance. And he thinks, oh, I'll just let it go. It doesn't matter, you know, it's all right. And, but this really starts to build and if we keep judging our tiny feelings as don't get over upset over nothing i'm being too picky no one's perfect um why rock the boat just forget it if we judge all our little feelings as that then we will have to deal with them when they get bigger and bigger and we're not so good at dealing with our feelings once they turn into resentment Mm -hmm. so resentment is when you start to feel angry critical hostile and frustrated And instead of her feeling, oh, you know, I wish he would be more gentle or she'll start to think, I hate the way he paws at me. I hate how insensitive he is when you try to get her in the mood for sex. So it starts to turn into real kind of feelings of anger about it. Or the male partner might go, I hate how damn critical she is of me. She's not perfect. She doesn't appreciate all the hard work I do for her. So that's what resentment sounds like. You might say it outwardly or you might have it internally. Yeah. Any of that sounds familiar? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. So, yeah, and it's – it's just those little things, and they build and they build and they build, and then you know, and then yeah. it's just so, and then you've got a, a laundry list, a mile long, that you know, it's all these little things, and um, so sometimes silence isn't golden, and um, yeah, and letting those <laughs> letting those all build up just you know gets you to a. a a boiling point, absolutely. What we might do, Gabrielle, is we'll take a short break and when we come back, we'll talk about the other two R's. So if you're recognising these things, uh, stay tuned because we've got a little bit more for you and then maybe some uh, some strategies on things that you might want to look at doing if any of this is speaking to you. We'll be right back with our resident relationships and sex therapist, Gabrielle Laurie, right after the break. It's my pleasure to welcome back Gabrielle Laurie, our resident relationships and sex therapist, to the juice. And before the break, we were talking about the concept of the four R's, not the three R's, the reading, writing, and arithmetic, but the four R's that can sometimes show up in relationships. And when they show up, usually spell trouble. So we've talked about the first two, which are resistance. And resentment, and the ways that they can sort of slip into relationships, and we don't even really notice. It's just something that we push to the back of our heads until the list becomes so long that it's impossible to ignore. And now we're going to talk about the other two R's, Gabrielle. What are? What is the? What are? What is the next R? <laughs> proper grandma Louise. Proper girl. <laughs>
1: The next two, well, the next R is rejection. Right. So in this phase, you might do active rejection or passive rejection. Right. And active rejection will look like um, your partner will be aware of how angry you are because you're threatening to leave the relationship. You might be refusing to op- cooperate with what your partner wants. You might be complaining to others about them. Um, There may even be verbal abuse starting or refusing to have sex with them or you might spend as much time away from them as you can. Mm. Uh, If you're doing any passive rejection, um, your partner might not be aware of how angry you really are because you're fantasizing about other sexual partners. You're fantasizing about having an affair. You might be having an affair. You might not be responding sexually when your partner makes love to you. You might lose desire for no apparent reason. You might become a workaholic, have no time for your partner, tune out when they speak to you, disagree with their point of view on everything, uh, and secretly be longing for your freedom, maybe looking up houses or trips to Hawaii. (laughs)
0: Mm. Well, the trips to Hawaii is fair enough. I mean, (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Look, and, and as we spoke about in that last segment, um, I really believe that I, I and again, generalising and I'm not the expert and I'm not the one dealing with it every day, but um, women are pretty good at that. They're pretty good at sort of having that exit strategy, um, you know, many months before they actually say those words. And um, yeah, so yeah, that is that is a big red flag right there. You know, and and we, Absolutely. yeah, yeah, we are. You know, particularly if we've been brought up, you know, quite polite and and you know, not not sort of used to healthy conflict and that sort of thing, we bury all of this stuff. So uh, sometimes that can, uh, you know, take the your partner by surprise when you actually go, "I'm out of here," uh, and these are all the the things that were wrong, and the partner really had no idea because we are good at. Pressing that stuff down until we're kind of by ourselves and start googling rental properties and um, yeah, but look in my defence, I, I google I google holidays to Santorini all the time. I'm not leaving my partner. I just really want to go to Santorini, but um, <laughs> but you know, it's um, it's certainly yeah, yeah, it's certainly a red flag, and I can see I can see that um, you know. We can we can certainly be guilty of that. Definitely, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And and you'd be surprised. There's a lot of men do do a lot of passive rejection, become workaholics, or have affairs, or just give the silent treatment, or tune their partner out, or like. And women desperate for some emotional connection, so they can be in the mood for sex. So you know, it's both both sexes and the LGBTI community, when they're not happy in relationships, we're all pretty good at doing this rejection phase. Women uh, might do the more active, angry uh, rejection phase more outwardly these days because we're, uh, we're not expected to be as submissive or what do you call it, polite as we used to be, mm. you know, especially if you saw your mother doing that and put up with a dead marriage all her life. A lot of women are much, more, much better at standing up for what they want, but it falls on deaf ears. Mm. And a lot of men are trying not to be aggressive maybe how they saw their father was, so they're trying to be the nice guy, but they're just withdrawing and withholding and repressing and, you know, moving further away. So it can be very lonely mm. in a marriage. And, and this is what leads to the next phase. The next phase, if you make it to this one without breaking up, is repression. Now, this phase can trick people because couples might look really happy. They don't fight. They get along politely. They Everything seems really calm and easy, but they're probably in a sexless marriage because they're no longer connected. They're just flatmates oh. running a childcare centre, and they're just not leaving because of the kids or because of finances or you know so there's no more joy there's no more excitement no more passion and it can lead to depression so yeah it's or just total numbness yeah. in all areas of yeah.
0: yeah um yeah when there's no you know juice in the connection it's um yeah yeah, yeah it um yeah what and, and it is an empty existence. It's um yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean in in one respect, um, although you don't want, you know, like out of control conflict, but still wanting to to negotiate and um and find that middle ground and have those uncomfortable conversations is a lot healthier than just letting it go. Just you know.
1: Yeah, no. No fighting at all, you're right, it is also a sign that things are not good. People mm. go, oh, we never fight. We never fight. There are some couples who never fight and are still connected and happy and having sex. But often it's a sign that, yeah, you're in the repression phase and it's a nice dead romance yeah. that you're role model to your kids. Yes. That love is just flatmates. <laughs>
0: Yeah. And, you know, I really believe in that responsibility in modeling, you know, a healthy, authentic, and honest relationship to our kids. Um, yeah, because yeah. they do, um, monkey see, monkey do. And if you're, you know, if you've got, you know, the the aggressive fighting and that sort of thing, they're taking that in. If you've got no connection and they never see, you know, dad drop a, a kiss on mum's forehead and, um, you know, maybe – Grab a butt every now and again um in the kitchen you know they 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 don't think that that's um that that's what they they're seeing and um and taking in and then that repeats itself um in their relationships so it it really is um you know our responsibility to make sure that, you know, what we're modelling to our kids is healthy. We can't be unhealthy and stay together for the sake of the children or, um, you know, have all of these arguments and then expect that they're not going to um, in some way play that out in their adult relationships.
1: That's right. That's right. And And to be fair, Most couples that go through the four R's, everyone does at some point. Mm. So it's no one's fault. It's it's generally because no one. So often people go, well, we tried to do the opposite of the four R's, which is tell the truth about all our feelings when they're little, and it just leads to more fights. And this is because people don't have healthy communication or conflict resolution skills. Mm. So that's what's stopping you. So I can understand why people would stay in the four R's and go, well, it's better for repression because then we're not doing any big awful fights in front of the kids but see a therapist and get some skills if you need to learn some healthy conflict resolution skills together or healthy win-win assertive negotiation skills together or non-violent communication skills by dr marshall rosenberg a really easy way to help you communicate about little things without blaming or shaming each other without it leading to defensiveness or the four horsemen of the apocalypse from the Gottman yes institute yeah. Yes, it's a way to do this. This is how you can get out of the four R's. You do have to start being honest and sharing your feelings with each other on a date night when the kids are in bed. But if you don't have any healthy skills to do that, go and learn some.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just thinking, you know, um, how quick we are if there's something physical to jump on that and give it attention or even if we think there might be something physical like for example uh, lining up to get um, a COVID test um, just just you know so that we know when we're looking after ourselves and our families and we're being responsible community members but when it comes to relationships and uh, mental health and that sort of thing we do tend to push that to the background and it's not a priority for us, and it's just as important, isn't it? There's nothing, you know every everyone that's on their deathbed says, I don't think about my work and I I don't think about those things. I think about the people. and the people are the most important things that we have and those connections. So we have to look after them a bit better.
1: Ah, oh, so so well said, like absolutely. If, if the only thing we get out of this phase of the pandemic is to realise how important our relationships are and do learn better relationship skills so we can keep our connection, that'll be the best thing for humanity ever and best thing for our kids. It's just, yeah, it's never been a priority and and also people when they're struggling with bills and jobs and, and trying to practise self-care and trying to fit it all in and take the kids to swim lessons it always falls to the wayside because it can, because yeah. people can go into the four hours and just numb out. But but living a dead life is a, it's really sad.
0: It is. It is. You're exactly right. And, uh, you know, we had a talk off air that you and I uh, are both Capricorns. We're sensible, but we're also on the cusp of Sagittarius and we know how to have fun. And... <laughs> I can't live with that. <laughs> Absolutely not. So, look, if any of this is speaking to you, don't wait until you've got your bags packed and you're ready to walk out the door. There are strategies and solutions and there are healthy communication skills that you can learn with the help of someone like Gabrielle. And I encourage you to do that. And, Gab, this has been absolute gold today and I've loved our chat. Thanks so much for joining us on The Juice once again.
1: Me too. Thank you.